E-S-N-Y. like it happens to everybody at least once but i don't want it to ever happen to me yeah wouldn't that just be convenient after we chatted for an hour and then you know nothing recorded and then yeah. we'd well, you know what try happens? it all over you know what happens is after we finish recording it just takes so long to process because it's like an hour-long video Correct. it just takes so long to process on skype i'm just staring at my computer screen hoping that it comes up it's not like a brief pause. It's not a brief pause until it comes up. It's like five minutes where I'm just staring at my computer screen, praying that it actually came up because I'm definitely not re-recording. Like once that happens, I'm just I'm demoralized. It's over. We've lost the night. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what else are what else are you gonna do? Watch football? No. No, of course not. It's actually now. This is my favorite time of the year. Uh, not because I'm a football fan. I'm a very casual Giants fan who is not excited for this season whatsoever. Uh, but it just means that more people are going to be taking their bad baseball takes elsewhere. That's a, that's a pretty stellar point, actually. Yeah, there's other stuff to watch now. Especially actually, on Sundays, no one's even going to watch baseball. It's going to be all us. You, uh, you just reminded me there. I actually have to go on my Twitter and make sure everyone knows that I'm a Cowboys fan so that yes. they know if they need to unfollow me, they should probably do it now. Oh, yeah. Well, you get it out of the way. Yeah, You don't exactly. want, like, week four to come around and the Cowboys have, like, a big come-from-behind win, and then all of a sudden you see your followers drop, like, 200. I, I, I just have to make them aware. I feel like it's only fair. Yeah. Although, I guess there's a pretty, there's a pretty strong Cowboys fan base with Yankees fans. I don't understand why. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the the ones I've heard recently are uh, they're like, how can you be a Yankees and a Cowboys fan? That's just like you're probably a Lakers fan. You probably like Duke. Like, no. Well, you're Nothing from else. Syracuse, so it doesn't count. The Syracuse is the only is the only college program for people from up there. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, there's there's literally no other program. I mean, nothing else exists. Outside of Sarah, as sports. we've discussed, Bills Mafia is a little intense. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yep. You don't want to get mixed up with them. Listen, I will cheer for Cole Beasley this year. That's about it, though. Um, you know, I, I never really got into the whole Buffalo Bills thing. So now that Cole Beasley's on the team, though, I I will wear his shirt. That's I'll do that. But that's about it. I'm sorry. No, that's... Just just to try, just one one player. Right. That's the only tie I'm going to have to the Bills. That's it. You're far away from jumping off an RV into a table, but... Uh, maybe I'll get there eventually. It might take a few years, but, you know, I could. No, it takes intense focus. Yeah, yeah, and lots of training, actually. I mean, you got to know exactly where to hit on that table for that table to break. Oh, it just comes second nature to people from Buffalo. They're born ready to go through a table. One... <laughs> that makes me laugh, because my, uh, I know that my sister's husband will be listening to this and he's just gonna probably text me right after this and be like wait a minute <laughs> oh is he a bills fan is he a table he, guy he is a big bills fan he is not a table guy though um uh, so not that big a bills fan then i guess not so jay you have been called out um time for you to prove your loyalty we'll see what you got yikes well it's <laughs> table season so oh i just i found the best katie sharp stat this is exactly what I'm going to lead off with. It's, right. it's completely out of the blue. But all right, today is September 5th, episode 26 of the Bleacher Creatures podcast presented by Elite Sports New York. It's James and full-time co-host Allison. And the, the Katie Sharp stat of the day, which okay. is going to become a thing, just because I use them so much. Like, I don't yeah. plan on pulling up a Katie Sharp stat. She just has the best stats forever. Is the Yankees in rubber games the last two seasons. In 2018, they were seven and eight, which was 20th in the MLB. Mm-hmm. And this year, they're nine and three, which is second. Ooh! Which we just locked the door. I like that stat. It's fantastic. Oh, Katie Sharp wins again. At a girl. Absolutely. It's, it's just 
I mean, the stat she just keeps dropping, it's a running stat now, which is when was the last time the Yankees lost a home series? It's April. like 21 series, 21 yeah. straight series. We haven't lost one. Yeah, it's definitely back in April. That's uh, that's unheard of. That's just great. I mean, it, it's home field advantage. It's all of a sudden the most. I mean, it's always important, but especially this year with how good the Yankees and the mm-hmm. Astros are at home and the way 2017 ended, where it was just the home team won every single game. And we just happened to be on the road for game seven. Right. I don't know. I, I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to say that the Yankees would have won that game anyway. That Verlander CC wasn't exactly the best matchup for us. No, but. and I mean, anytime you face Verlander, you have to literally your offense has to be on point, and they just they couldn't do it. I mean, Justin Verlander in the playoffs is something entirely different for the Astros oh. that year. Yeah, that was big time, especially because he was like everyone thought he was just done, and the Yankees. I right. think I don't know if they actually kicked the tires on him or not. At least Yankees fans wanted them to kick the tires on him and see what we could do. And then it was just a waiver deadline trade. And it just led the Astros to a World Series. Yeah, there you go. I feel like we might have missed on that one. Uh, I think we might have uh, had a swing and a miss there. But you know what? I think it's fair to say. Listen, it all it all turned out the way it was supposed to. And, um, you know, the Yankees just, they couldn't get it done. And you're absolutely right with that home field advantage aspect. I mean... Especially in 2017. I mean, you look at the the Cleveland series as well. They had the first two games in Cleveland, which, you know, obviously game two in Cleveland was not uh, not ideal. Uh, not they the definitely best. should have won that. Um, but they didn't. And then they came home, won the two. And then, I mean, really, they, they went back on the road and were able to win game five. But going back to the Houston series, they literally, it was night and day between Yankee Stadium and... Um, Minute Maid Park. Yeah, and nobody wants to come. Nobody wants to come to the Bronx in the playoffs. That place gets right. rowdy. Yeah, I mean, shades of you know back in the seventies and the eighties when uh, you know when things were great there back when it was the Bronx Zoo. What a great nickname! I know. It was just like it was tailor made. <laughs> right. Right. No, I mean, I've heard I've heard from people this year that, you know, the stands and and the fans and stuff like that during certain games and certain rivalries has been has rivaled that of, you know, the past when it was just the stadium was shaking and you could just feel the energy. I mean, honestly, I, I kind of, I wasn't there, but I felt it in 2017 when, you know, they played the Astros and they started doing the comebacks when they oh, were yeah. playing the Indians. I, you could just feel it. And the, the wild card game against the twins is, I mean, that's the most electric thing. I was actually, I was at the stadium and it right. will forever be the best game that I've ever seen in my entire life. Ugh. It was absurd. I'm just so jealous right now. And actually, I was looking through my memories today, and I went to a uh, a Yankees game with my family. It was for my birthday, and I believe this was back in 2012. Now I got to look it up so I can I just make sure I got the right game. 2012 but, is a long time ago. That's some solid memory. <laughs> well, it showed up on my Facebook memories, you know. True. So, I used to have that time hop thing, and then I started going back. It was literally all I ever tweeted about was the Yankees. Yep. It was not unique whatsoever. Like, I never said anything witty. It was just like, oh, shit, Brett Gardner, look at him go. Um, no, this was not the game I was thinking of. But I did go to a game. It just wasn't the exciting one. The exciting one I went to was back for my birthday. Um... I think I was a freshman in college. I went with my family, and that was the game that they played the Oakland A's and Raul Ibanez, um, name drop here, no big deal, hit uh, both the game-tying and... Actually, I think he hit two game-tying home runs. Oh, I remember that game. Yep, I was there. That was awesome. (laughs) I was there. That is by far the best live game I've ever been to. So it might not be the, you know, 2017... Wild card game, but that game means something to me, and it was it ended on a walk off error. Yeah, wow. We're like wow, that's, that's it. <laughs> I forgot about Raúl Abanes. Oh my god, he was incredible, and you know what? He kind of looked like that guy from. Uh, have you ever seen the movie The Master of Disguise? I have not. Okay, well, do yourself a favor and just look it up. 
there is a scene where I think it's Mike Myers is the um, the actor dresses up as a turtle, and that reminds me of Raul Ibanez, the turtle from Master of Disguise. I'll definitely have to check it out. Yeah. I mean, the Yankees aren't playing tonight, so I got nothing else to do today. Oh, exactly. You should definitely be looking at Master of Disguise. Um, probably a, a two out of ten uh, movie. Not great, but honestly, it, it gave me that moment to remember. That's a really hard sell. It's a really shitty movie, but there is this one part where a guy kind of looks like Raul Ibanez. I swear, I swear. Just, just check it out. Yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> once you see it, you're just you're not gonna be able to unsee it. Yeah, I honestly like. I don't know what to do when the Yankees are off. I've gotten I've gotten so deep into this routine where I mean, <laughs> I've always watched the games, but I've always kind of you know looking at my phone, tweeting, trying to make. Uh, gifs or gifs. I still don't know how to pronounce it. It's a 50-50 shot. I get it wrong every single time. But and it, it, just today, I don't. I didn't know what to do. Like I made plans to go out after work, and it was the happiest moment of my entire life. At least this year, <laughs> when my buddy canceled first. Like I was looking for a reason not to go, and then he texted me like, "Oh, like I think I'm gonna get stuck at work for a while, so we'll just do it another time." I was like, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> I did not want to go do anything today. I know. Well, after you do all those post games, you got to sleep. I mean, this is your True. off day. This is this is the day that you get to relax and literally do nothing after work. Sure. Although to be to be fair, right after this, I'm going back to to Danny Small and having him teach me uh, more of the editing stuff oh. to help out with them. Danny Small, na- another name drop. Look at that. Oh yeah, he was actually. I think he was on the week before you started full time. Because I know yes, Rob I wasn't around. It. Oh, with, with Keith McPherson, yeah. Yes, I listened to that, of course. Of course that I listened to one. my own show now. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a, I remember listening back to that the next day just to like see how it sounded and how it went. And I did not introduce the podcast, say the date, introduce Keith at all. We just started, <laughs> we just started talking. I oh. think at some point I probably said his name when I uh, dubbed him the most positive person on Yankees Twitter. Oh, wow. But yeah. Well, maybe second most positive. You're pretty up there. No, I'm not saying, oh, wow. I'm just saying that's a huge title. That's, in- oh, that's incredible. Title. What did he have to say to that? I mean, was he, like, super excited? Oh, he just he said, hey, man, I'm just trying to spread those positive vibes. And I'm like, I yep, mean, that's yeah. exactly how you sound on the internet. I mean, I definitely listened to it, but clearly I didn't fully listen to it, so it's fine. <laughs> Sorry. You just caught me in a lie. Got you. <laughs> but, the, the fans will never forgive you all four of them <laughs> okay but anyway um home field advantage yes i mean uh, i'm sorry i was actually I just, just want- taking no i was actually just taking a look at the schedules matching up with the astros oh, oh yeah there's there's a lot of pretty bad teams that the astros are gonna play coming down the stretch mm-hmm. i think their only real challenge is they have the they have the a's at home for four games uh, in Houston, and uh, okay. then it's really just the Royals, the Angels. They got a couple with the Rangers and the Mariners, and then on our side, I mean, it's not terrible. We got the Red Sox this weekend. I will be in attendance at Fenway Park on Ooh. Sunday night. All right, so yep, you don't I have took... to listen to A Rod and Jessica. I don't. I mean, I love listening to A Rod. I could listen to A Rod, not like in the booth because I think it's a weird booth, but. I could listen to A-Rod just talk about hitting for seven hours and not get bored. He's a very, very smart baseball mind. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. And nobody nobody wants to talk about hitting anymore. I actually I went out to uh, my buddy's cabin in Pennsylvania this past weekend. So I did miss the Oakland series because it's completely separated from civilization. But one of my buddies uh, had a very good time. And then he just let me talk about hitting to him for like, he didn't understand anything. He's never actually played baseball, but he just sat there and let me talk about hitting for like an hour. And I was like, this is great. This is fantastic. You're not going to remember what swing path is tomorrow, but I'm going to know that I taught you it. (laughs) Well, good. I'm glad that you had someone that was able to listen to you. But yeah, I mean, so you're going to be there. Um, I'm very excited. Who's projected to start for that one? Did they come out with anything? Uh, let me click on it because I don't know. I did see that David Price got scratched from the Friday game. Oh, was he playing too many video games again? I don't. I don't know. He had a little wrist tightness. 
He was probably uh, I, trying to beat uh, beat the Yankees in you know whatever baseball game he's been uh, playing. Yeah, he's on playing there. the show. Oh, yeah. we got oh oh that's Monday, Sunday. Oh, I got Tanaka, Tanaka <gasps> Porcello. Tanaka time. Oh, that's gonna be great. I'm sitting right behind home plate too. Uh, this is just like I spent literally all my money on these tickets because I don't know if I'll ever go to Fenway Park again. It's I was like uh, if I'm gonna do this, I want to do it right, and I wanted to sit on the on the Green Monster, and then I saw those ticket prices, and I said, you know what, behind home plate's just fine. <laughs> huh? So I I guess I didn't realize the Green Monster tickets would be more expensive. I guess that would make sense. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's like spectacle. Yeah, it's unique. It's you know something that literally no other ballpark has a giant you know thirty five foot wall. I don't even know how tall it is. Yeah, um, and you know what? I can just walk up there and take a picture anyway. Oh yeah, perfect. It's a, it's a terrible spot to watch the game from. You're like <laughs> you're like fifty feet above the field, and you're really far away from the, well, not that far. It's not a very far wall, but you're like really far away from the mound, and you can't even really see anything. Mm. But I don't know. It'll work out. People only sit there for the picture and to be like, oh, I sat on the green monster that <laughs> one time. It was awesome. So my goal is I've always wanted to go to all. Um, all of the ballparks and I have yet to go to Fenway and I think my first time at Fenway I have to go when it's not the Yankees playing because if it is the Yankees playing and they start to lose That's I, I might rough. cry um I I honestly think I might cry yeah you you can't let Boston fans see any weakness they're ruthless I know. so one of my friends has a bunch of his college friends that live in Boston they're like well we'll take you and you know you guys can just you know, lay low and, you know, we'll protect you. Yeah, don't don't wear any Yankee stuff. Just oh, kind of cheer silently. I mean, I'll be wearing Yankee stuff because I don't care for my own safety. But. Oh, I, I care for my own safety. I would I would like to live to see another week. I'm really just hoping that behind home plate in Boston is kind of the way it is in Yankee Stadium, where it's more of a business meeting than an actual, like, fandom like I wouldn't uh, want to sit by section ten where Carabas sits. Now I wouldn't want to sit over there because those people are are going to be absolute lunatics, and yep. I don't want to get caught in the middle of that. Absolutely correct. Now, I'm going to say one thing, and I'm going to get beat up in the parking lot. Oh, yeah, you you probably will. That's yeah. uh, yeah. I but, I think you made a good choice. Yeah, I think so too. But back to home field advantage, which is yeah, what we're actually again. talking about. Uh, we got the Red Sox for four here. Uh, we got the Rays for two, which is, okay. I don't know how we ended up with a two-game series with the Rays. And it's just kind of spread. We got the Tigers. That should be uh, that should be an easy couple games, even though it's in Detroit. And then we're in Toronto, which always feels, it, it, like, it feels like Oakland in the trap, where it's just weird to try to win a game there. Well, it's hard with the... The whole artificial turf thing is just, yeah. that always got me. You know, the, the ball skips differently. Clint Frazier will have one hell of a time if he's playing in the outfield. Um, I, I almost I almost hope he doesn't just because, like, oh, I, no. I believe in Clint. I think he is really working hard on his defense, and it's kind of showing. Although he did have that one that one ball the other day that he misplayed, and just it just went past him. And yeah. luckily, I think it was Tockman was there behind him, Tockman or Brett. But that was like that was like vintage Frazier where he was trying to make a play on the ball that he probably shouldn't have been trying to make. And then he realized just a little too late he didn't have a play on the ball. Well, earlier in the game, he literally waited for the ball to come to him so he could throw that guy out at home plate. Oh, and that was fantastic. Yeah, because he literally he just decided not to charge it on the ball. The ball was coming pretty fast. And he set himself up for a perfect throw to home plate. And everyone was like, oh, my God, great. And he didn't and then, overthrow the ball. No. That's what he always does. He always overthrows it. He that was that was a stellar play, and then he went and made a mistake. So I was like, hmm, I, I just don't know what to feel right now. But yeah, so maybe not on the turf. Maybe he DH is one of those games. That would make sense. Um, hopefully Edwin can get some reps at first base too. Um, yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, because honestly, you want his bat in the lineup. Yeah, he came off. He came off the IL like crazy. I mean, he. Mm -hmm. I think he had one hit in eight at bats in uh in his rehab games. And he was just like, "No, I'm ready to go." <laughs> he comes up and he hits a homer in his first game back. Yes, he just wanted to bring the parrot back out. Oh, I love the parrot. Did you see Josh Donaldson's home run celebration the other day, where he said, <laughs> "Oh, it's an umbrella because I'm the bringer of rain." 
And he literally I, just put his arm out exactly like Encarnacion does with the parrot. Yep. Yep. I did see uh, that. And I also saw that he uh, he was heckling some Mets fan behind the... Uh... Well, anyone can heckle a Mets fan. <laughs> well, that's true nowadays. Um, yeah. That's one of the things to talk about. Um, but yeah, no, one of the Mets fans was... Uh, they were heckling each other, and he was like, touch my bat for good luck. And she was like, no. And then he hit a home run, and then he came back and was like, hey, thanks, and tried to give her a high five. And she was like, no. So he gave I her. I like I saw something about him signing that bat and yeah, giving it to her. Yeah, he gave her an autographed bat. <laughs> I like, I really, I think Josh Donaldson is awesome, but just because he played in Toronto for so many, like, good years. Like, he won an MVP in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I kind of hate that guy. Right. Nope. I, I'm in the same boat there. Like I have a hard time seeing him as anything other than the guy that just wrecked us in Toronto. Yeah. But again, I mean, great player, great, great personality, great for the game. Let me, I got to bring MLB back up. I, I want to look at the Mets uh, wildcard standings right now. <laughs> Ooh, things have certainly changed. Yeah. I will say, though, I was actually, I was pretty excited when I saw the Mets start doing well again. Not because, I'm not like one of those people who says, like, oh, I just want all the New York teams to do well, and then I prefer that the Yankees, you know, win it all. Like, no, like, I want the Mets to suffer. And it was, it was so much fun watching them, like, kind of come back, knowing in the back of my mind, I, this isn't going to last. Right. I know this is going down the tube again. I think everybody knew that. Now they're four and a half games back in the wild card, which doesn't really sound like a lot, but they have to leapfrog four teams. Right, right. Hmm. Actually, the, the Cubs and the Brewers are playing right now, which is another, that's a good one. Uh, it was tied. Now it's 4-2. I'm not sure exactly what happened. The Cubs are winning. That's, that's rough. This would have been a huge series for Milwaukee if they could take three from the Cubs. That puts them one game back of them. I don't know how I don't know how Arizona is still in the mix at all. <laughs> I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie I don't follow as many National League teams as I should, um, but definitely it's, the Mets. I mean, yeah, they, you have to follow the Mets. They had a stretch of some. They won like what like twelve of thirteen or something like that. They they were phenomenal, and you know honestly there was that one game that uh, occurred last week. You know the game I'm talking about. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. That was that was the nail in the coffin. Where I, I turned to all my Mets buddies, and I was like, "You still think they're going to get that wild card though?" And they were like, "No, it's over." Oh my god, that just the bullpen. I mean, just horrific. I, I, how how do you do that? But here's the thing: is that they weren't the only team to do that that day. The Syracuse Mets, the AAA team, played the Scranton uh, Wilkes Barre Rail Riders. It was game 141. They were playing for a, um, a spot in the playoffs. Well, let's, let's be real. They were playing for a couple extra rehab starts for Seve. That's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, they were... Uh, the Mets were up 7-1. to one. They were up 13-6. to six. And the Yankees team scored eight runs in the bottom of the eighth inning. To win fourteen to thirteen. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. But like the fact that it's not only unbelievable, but the fact that it happened the same exact day as the Mets blew the lead to the Nationals. It was a six-run lead, right? Yeah. I was gonna say I remember the Mets tweeted out the the gif of Fraser yeah. celebrating. They were like, "When you score five runs in the ninth, and the Nationals just replied with, "When you score six runs in the ninth." Actually, no. I think it was seven. I think they seven. scored oh boy. seven in the. That night. would make that would make sense because that would not. They would no longer be tied then. Right. So, so that's math. I mean, I, I do honest, math. Math. But honestly, both Mets teams doing the same exact thing on the same day. Like, how much more Mets can you get? I. I mean, it's perfect. It's perfect. And how about it's just the depth of the Yankee system. Like we have all the guys, everyone on the major league roster is injured. Everyone on the triple A roster has been called up to the major leagues, and we still have guys who can go out and just put up fourteen runs like it's nobody's business. Yeah, and you know who like one it's, of those, it's absurd. Uh, you know who one of those big uh, big producers was in that beginning? Was who was that? Kyle Higashioka. I love Higgy. He only hits home runs. He only hits home runs. Yeah, when he came up, remember he was like, he had no hits for the longest time, and then all of a sudden he just blasts like eight home runs. 
Yeah, and that's that's it. That stayed this year. Like every time he hit the yeah, ball, so- I think he at least half of his hits this year had to be home runs. I'm positive. There's absolutely no statistical basis for that. I'm just absolutely positive. That's and just this what is it why, like. Yeah, this is why we always have fan graphs ready. I have to see how many hits he had at the majors this year and how many of them were home runs. Okay, perfect. You do that research. I wanted to talk about something else real quick, going back to our home field advantage, because that's like just the topic of conversation this entire time. Just oh, about it's really important. Before. But, I mean, if you look at the stats, Yankees, obviously, they're really good at home. They're 53-22. and 22. Um, On the road, 39-27. Not ideal, still, but... Still good. Still good. Still over 500, you know, still a 591 winning percentage. Um, but I was also looking at, like, in terms of their, their home runs, and they have more home runs on the road than they do at home. Oh, that that doesn't make any sense because of the short porch. Uh, right, right. I I thought that was the only reason that the Yankees hit home runs because they have a little league right field. Uh, yep. So at home they have 131 home runs. Away they have 132. Only one more. But they've also played only 66 games away as opposed to 75 at home. So that's a little better rate. So. I'm intrigued. I would be intrigued to look back and see like how many of those home runs came in games where the Yankees won like like 16 to 4. Right. Like the games that we were just blowing people out, they just happened to not be at home, so it skewed the numbers a little bit. But, I mean they still obviously they still count, but it's just right. like your per game home run rate. I wonder how much closer it is. But okay, I got well, I got Higgy's numbers. He had 10 hits this year at the major leagues mm-hmm. and Three of them were home runs. So 30% of his hits go for homers. That's not bad. No, not bad at all. Yeah, but the whole home run thing, I mean, this just goes to show that the Yankees, yeah, they they definitely utilize their short porch, but they're obviously doing some other stuff to win at home. Oh, yeah. They just know how to work. This was like the other day. um, Yeah, the last week when we played the Dodgers. Uh, I was listening to the the post game report, and someone asked. I think it was when we got to Ryu, or maybe it was Kershaw, where we got three mm-hmm. home runs off him. And somebody just was like, "Well, wh- what do you think? You know, what is it about your team that you thought you can get to Kershaw, or something to that effect?" And they were just like, "Oh, Booney was just like, we hit home runs." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, let's go! It's what <laughs> That's we it. do. We just hit home runs." Oh my gosh! And uh, yeah, I think Aaron Judge said something along the same lines too. Aaron, he he gives the best interviews. He's just a consummate professional. Aaron like he knows when to turn it on a little bit. Right. He he definitely reminds me with his postgame interviews of, of Derek Jeter. You know, the guy who's just strictly professional. It's all about the team. Um, you know, but I, I honestly think he has a better sense of humor than Derek Jeter did. So. Oh, definitely. It's good. I, it's think, good. I think it's been Meredith Marakovitz's main goal I just butchered her name but her main <laughs> goal to to get Aaron Judge to say literally just one thing about himself and I don't think she ever had no no I not even don't think she's ever like Judge you had three home runs tonight what went right for you oh you know it's a great team effort you know everyone's pumping each other up from the dugout it really gives you a lot of motivation to go out there and it's just like dude come on we won so your your team uh... you hit all three home runs Right. They were motivating you to do them. It's all on them. Oh, you no. You definitely didn't just step up to the plate. No! What? I'm sorry. I'm watching the football game, and Jimmy Graham just scored a touchdown, and I left him on my bench for fantasy. Oh, no. Ah! So it begins. That's rough. So it begins. Yeah, we're already starting oh. to lose baseball fans to football. Oh, sorry, There guys. goes Allison. Oh my god, no. Yeah, well, my this is now a, a Cowboys fan, podcast. So. No, my boyfriend's a Packers fan. I can talk back. Alright, alright. So we have two teams. <laughs> I don't have two teams. Come on. that's No, that's no I mean we have thing. two teams that we can cover. We'll bring Larry on and we'll just be like, alright, uh, James is going to sit here quietly and maybe throw in a few oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And you guys are just going to talk about two teams that you happen to follow for football. 
okay, I can agree to that. That's absolutely fine by me. Because, <laughs> I mean, Zeke got paid. So, like, hey, what else? Um, speaking of football, I did want to talk about, too, um, I'm sure all you guys saw uh, – the other day, after the Yankees had finished their series, they were getting ready to head to Boston, so they had their fantasy football draft coming up. So they all put on their uh, respective, you know, players' jerseys, their fave players. So there's a nice little list of, you know, what they all wore. So, of course, Saquon Barkley had to be represented. Um, Domingo Herman, Yeah, Domingo Herman, Glaber Torres, Gio Urshela. Um, that they picture all of, of Glaber and Gio wearing the Saquon jerseys was like, all right, these I love these guys so much. I actually, so I save a lot of those pictures to my phone so I can look back at them later. And I like to sometimes go through on Twitter and like post a thread of just random pictures I have saved from baseball. And they're of always course. like, they're always like Glaber Torres looking just completely adorable. And, like, him and Urshela, like, the adorableness factor is just, like, through the roof. They're just, they're so cute. They're, like, 20 years old. They're adorable. <laughs> and it's, like, the picture of, uh, or the gif of Cameron Maven hugging Glaber after his oh. homer the other day. That's yep. an all-timer. Oh, absolutely. Um, but also, so going back to football jerseys, um, Le'Veon Bell got the Jets represented by uh, Nestor Cortez. Um, let's see. Oh, you got Khalil Mack, who's uh, playing right now. Mike Talkman was uh, wearing his. Of course, you had to see some Eagles jerseys because Tommy Canley's on the team, and you know he's a psycho. But we'll get back to that. Oh one yeah. Later. There were a lot of people who didn't want to do this jersey thing, and Tommy Canley just brought like fourteen oh, yeah. extras and be like, "No, Eagles, I got you, bro." Which is such a Tommy Canley thing. I bet you he has he has like a whole shrine in his locker, like to the oh, Eagles. Oh yeah, he's he's crazy. I love he, him. He's like the yeah. perfect pitcher, crazy. He is he's great like my mom was like who's that guy running around in the bullpen after um <laughs> after mike ford hit his walk-off home run the other day she's like who's that guy he just ran into the wall and i was like oh that's just tommy i could have like i could have not even seen that and just heard about him like if you just said oh one of the guys in the yankees bullpen was running around after a home run oh it's tommy that's tommy, tommy? canely for sure <laughs> i don't even need to see it that's tommy canely <laughs> yeah lunatic and- and so one of the guys who didn't want to participate um, in the whole Jersey thing was DJ LeMahieu, which I could totally see. Um, yeah, because he's a robot. He has to plug into the wall first. Yeah, exactly. He has to recharge. Um, <laughs> so he, I guess uh, Tommy Canley got to him and, and gave him a, uh, a nice Eagles jersey. But, um, you know, Zach Britton was wearing Von Miller. Tyler Wade was wearing uh, Baker Mayfield. Interesting. No, Tyler, Tyler Wade, has he's got style. Yeah. The California and, King. Yeah, and uh, Cameron Maben uh, was wearing Randy Moss. Now yeah, he's got style too. <laughs> now here's my favorite one, Clint Frazier. Oh boy. Clint Frazier was wearing an Antonio Brown jersey. Just, just think about this for a second, okay? With everything going on with Antonio Brown lately, <laughs> and since this is a baseball podcast for everyone who doesn't know, he's on like some all-time wide receiver diva shit right now. Uh, yeah. And apparently he's not going to be ready for week one. He got in a fight with his coach yesterday. Um, so they're talking about... Hey, he's going to get straight up suspended. Yeah, so he's, he's getting ready to be suspended. So now Clint Frazier is going around like, oh man, I'm so cool. I'm wearing an Antonio Brown jersey. Like, why? Why? <laughs> I mean, you could pick anyone. Like, from the Ste- if it was a Steelers jersey, I don't know if it was Steelers or Raiders, but if it was a Steelers jersey, like, you could easily pick Juju Smith-Schuster. Great guy, you know. Like, yeah, everybody loves Juju. Phenomenal, phenomenal I, I don't know. I still don't know anything about football. But Clint Frazier picks Antonio Brown after all the kind of crap that Clint Frazier has been through, too. It, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I would never call Clint Frazier a diva, per se. No. No. But he definitely he I mean he's, he's got he's got trouble. Yeah. He he got in a little bit of a little bit of uh internet troubles. Like every time he there was a defensive clip of him, he'd like quote tweet it and be like, That guy's a DH. Yep. Like I I get it. That's funny, but also you're not really helping your cause. Right. Uh yeah. The so I just find that so interesting. It's almost yeah, so he like, goes with the suspended guy. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like if Greg Bird was on the team, Greg Bird would definitely be wearing like an Andrew Luck jersey just because like he would. Oh, yeah. 
Also, just just to confirm our suspicion from before, yeah. uh, in the tweet that Lindsay Adler put out about the jerseys, yes. uh, the last sentence is, but half of the room was in Eagles jerseys, thanks to the private collection of Tommy Canely. Ah, so he thanks. just supplied half the team. He was like, I got everybody. We're rolling in green. <laughs> he was probably preparing for this fantasy draft the entire season, and he just like had boxes and boxes of jerseys and t-shirts in his locker ready to go. Oh, yeah. I actually I did one of my fantasy drafts this week, and there is one guy drafted. Oh, I, who was his quarterback that he drafted? I don't remember, but his first round was Zeke before he got paid, so mm-hmm. nobody knew he was going to play. And sure. then he got Antonio Brown, too. And I don't remember who he got as his quarterback, but it was... Oh, he got Andrew Luck as his quarterback. Oh, my God. Yeah, so it was just like... A, <laughs> Half half of his first six rounds picks were not going to be playing. Oh my god, that's <laughs> that's I'm rough. Sorry, that's poor fantasy planning there. That's rough. I mean, even poor if guy. Andrew Luck didn't retire, he still was. Yeah, you're pretty still, you're still looking injured. at Zeke. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then you I, got don't, I don't blame him either. Honestly, as a Cowboys fan, I knew he was going to definitely sign before Week One, but you know. Whatever. I don't. I don't blame Luck for retiring. I no. do. Like at this point, if I exercise like one time, the next day I feel like I got hit by a train. So. <laughs> well, I mean, the whole thing with uh, Andrew Luck, I, I've seen people kind of tweet, and they're like, "Okay, it's you know, it's such a millennial thing to like retire." Oh, I hate that. I hate hard. that. And I was like, "Are you oh, I hate kidding that me?" So much. That guy hasn't played a full. He's played like one full season. He's getting hit by trucks on a daily basis. You go out there for eight seasons and let 300-pound men tackle you and then see how you feel at the end of the day. And honestly, their their offensive line was... um, I see we got another cat attack. Yes. (laughs) Sorry, my cat just attacked me. (laughs) My bad. A little throwback to the first episode when we had you on and your cat just ran all over the place. She actually, earlier today when I was kind of typing up my notes for this episode, I... uh, I opened up like a Word document and she stepped on my computer and I was like, okay, go away. And then when she stepped off, like maybe a minute later, she had opened 77 Word documents. So, oh, no. so I had to go through and it was like closed. It was like, do you want to save? No. Closed. Do you want to save? No. So oh, I had to go no. through that like 76 times. Dude, this, this is why I have a dog. He just kind of lays next to me while I'm recording. He doesn't actually make any sound. If I get any any like animation going at all, if I raise my voice, he'll just kind of look up and realize that I'm not yelling at him, and then he'll just go back to bed. Oh, yeah. Well, she's gone now. I mean, she's just kind of like... And by the way, my cat, just so everyone knows, is named Tori, um, after Joe Tori. Oh, that's I a good would, name. I always try and name my cats after... Um, some sort of Yankee player. Um, our first cat had Jeter as her middle name, of course, because, you know, we were all kids. Oh, and naturally. We were like, Jeter. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I wanted hey, to name my dog Jeter when we first got him. Well, I feel like everyone named their dog or cat, well, mostly dog, Jeter, after, um, obviously, Derek Jeter. But yeah, that's a, that's a pretty popular name. Um, yeah. my, uh, so- my best friend had a dog named Tino after Tino Martinez. Oh. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that. Um, so I wanted to also talk about James Paxton, who I know that you are kind of obsessed with. I love James Paxton. I can't believe we're 38 minutes into recording this, and we yeah. talked about the Yankees football jerseys before we talked about the fact that I was fully confident James Paxton was going to throw a no-hitter the other day. He, fully confident. Could have. <laughs> The only hit he gave up was one of those like dinky ones. Like, oh, it beat the shift. The shift giveth and the shift taketh. And this time, mm-hmm. the shift took it. Yes. James Baxton. Oh, I mean, he's got that like you were talking about last week. That knuckle, knuckle curveball, curveball with a knuckle grip. Whatever he's got. But yeah, he's been it's using wor- that. Oh, it's working. And it's been working. I mean, he. I think he kind yeah. of figured it out. Because before, earlier in the season, he was throwing his fastball like 60 or 70% of the time. And so very clearly, people were figuring it out. Oh, yeah. They knew what yeah, was coming. Was actually, I was, I was listening to Ryan Rucco today. He was on, uh, he was on Short Porch. So I listened oh, yeah. to the interview mm-hmm. they did with him. And he was like, yeah, well, obviously the Yankees love their analytics. And all the analytics said, like, hitters don't hit your fastball very well. 
and they don't hit the cutter very well either. So if you throw those two pitches, they're not going to hit you very well. And then halfway through the season, they were just like, all right, this clearly isn't working. You know, screw the analytics. Let's go with let's go with the old school approach where you have old man Larry Rothschild in there being like, let's say, if you throw the knuckle curve, it's going to keep people off balance. I don't have any numbers to support that, but <laughs> it will. I mean, he's, yeah, he's been on like the, the pitching ninja um, Twitter and his it's filthy. It's disgusting. Oh, he's been on a whole lot lately. Yeah, he just the way that that ball drops and you know looks it, as soon as it's coming in, you can't even tell what the uh, what the spin on the ball is, and then yeah, it just drops out of the zone, and you can't stop from swinging. Pitching ninja is my favorite thing to send to people. Like anyone who ever says, "I don't understand why baseball is so hard." The ball comes in and you just hit it. Like it's not a lot of ground to cover. And I send them like pitching ninja gifts. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, like sure, the ball comes in in the same spot every time. But one time it looks like until halfway down the plate, it looks like the same pitch. And then one of them is past you high and away. And the other one is hitting you in the back foot at 80 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. This is not an easy thing to do. Hitting a baseball is the most difficult thing in the world. It is, from what I hear, the most difficult thing in sports. Yeah, who who invented it? Who invented baseball? It's just like we have this this leather ball and I'm going to try to throw it past you. And all you get is a stick. And you have to hit the ball. But I throw really hard, and you've never hit before. so. Yeah, I feel like that actually should have taken a lot more time to figure out. <laughs> I, I, I'd have to go back and look at the 1800s hitting stats. I'd want to know. I actually yes. did see. I went, <laughs> I went on the weirdest deep dive the other day. I, I have to find the, the name of this pitcher. Um, I mean, I know the name of it. I have to find his stats. Uh, his name was Old Hoss Radburn, okay. which is just an all-time baseball name. And he yeah, played in yeah he played in the 1800s, and the number of innings that he threw was astounding. Let's see, his total innings was 45,000. But let's see, <laughs> innings, 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 innings. I gotta find this. I, it was Were the most ridiculous. Out okay, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> The lowest number of innings he threw in his entire career was 207, which doesn't seem like all that many until you go to the next number, which is 218, and then the next number is 277, and then it just keeps going up until it gets to one year he threw 678 innings. (laughs) And he got paid $3,000 to do that. Ah, Times have changed. (laughs) It's <laughs> the most can ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Can you imagine just having like Tanaka be like, okay, your innings limit this year is 630. Like, if you go past 630, we're, we're going to have a problem. Oh, his arm would fall off. Oh, my God. Uh, where's the ear? I need to know how well he pitched them, too. I feel yeah, like they right? were good. He had 441 strikeouts one year. Oh, my God. <laughs> he had his lowest ERA. The year that he threw that many innings... His ERA was one three eight. So wait, what year was this? This was eighteen eighty four. His age twenty nine season. He played for. Oh, it just says pro. There was no real. Oh, Providence Grays. Mm. That makes sense. That's not a real team. We are we are living in the wrong era. I think baseball. They want baseball to be more exciting. Get kids to watch people that are pitching six hundred innings and striking out four hundred and forty one batters. Oh, yeah. And doing it well. To, I mean, 678 innings with a 138 ERA. That's, oh that's the most ridiculous thing. Huh. I gave up a lot of home runs, though. Seven per nine. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's hits. That makes no. Oh, yeah, that made okay. no sense. You I couldn't like possibly have a 138 like that. Point yeah, two but home runs per nine. 600 innings. Like. Yeah. So that's like, he's just coming out and giving you nine innings every day, seven hits, no runs. Okay, I would take that. Yeah, all-time baseball name. That, those are the deep dives that I go on. Uh, that was during the West Coast trip when I had no idea yeah. just what yeah. to do with my brain. I mean, and honestly, and now this is an I, off day. Yeah. The deep dives I go on, like my biggest deep dive, I found myself just like Googling stuff, and I ended up uh, on Google page images for um, birds with arms. If you haven't looked at those, please do. That, that sounds like something that's going to mess me up. It's hilarious. Just 
I don't know how I got there, but I got there, and then I stayed there for like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like, I texted my friends. I was like, guys, you got to check out this awesome. You, page. you just got to look at it. Like, just <laughs> just look. <laughs> so yeah, oh, okay. Back, back to are, the Yankees. Yeah, your deep dives are far more informative than mine. So, yeah. um, <laughs> back to the Yankees. This is the second thing that I can't believe we've gone this long without talking about. Mike Ford hit a walk-off homer. Yes. Yes, he did. And guess who hit a home run before that? Who was it? Uh, oh, it was Brett. It was Brett. Yeah. yeah, I think his name was Brett Gardner. Oh, another guardy party. You know the guy that nobody wanted on their team? Unbelievable. Yeah. Can't believe it. I was watching with my grandma. She loves Brett Gardner. Actually, she loves Aaron Judge more so. Um, but well, you can I, love them both equally. Right. But I got... Um, like, I love, I love Brett Gardner, but Aaron Judge is the most important person in my life right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're wrong, but that's fine. No, I'm just, <laughs> I, I know a lot of people that share that same sentiment, and honestly, I, I would die for Aaron Judge. Oh, 100%. I'd die yeah. for anyone on the Yankees right now. Yeah, that's accurate, too. Yes. And for um, a Cameron Maben hug. This guy gives the best hugs. I just want a Cameron Maben hug. Like, he just looks like he, the mechanics behind the hug just... It's made for maximum comfort. Oh, yeah. And he waited for Glaber to come all the way to him the other day. He was like, all right, I'm ready. I got my spot. I'm ready. We're going to have some good lift on this hug. It was great. I don't think Glaber has ever been hugged like that before in his life. He went from like, oh, this is a nice hug to like, this is I've never felt more alive. Yep, exactly. I feel at home. He feels at home in Cameron Maben's arms. It, it's adorable. Honestly, people are like, oh, you should stop hugging and focus more on, like, getting better or hitting better. Oh, come on. Just come on. let them have fun. Let the kids play. Oh, my gosh. Some people, I just, ugh. But, yeah, no, the Cameron Maven hugs thing are great. And he's got all, all sorts of T-shirts all over the place. Um, yeah, he's, like, super active on Yankees Twitter, too. He is. And that's really cool to see because, you know, Brett Gardner doesn't have a Twitter. Aaron Judge doesn't really interact on Twitter. Um, Aaron Judge is too professional. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, honestly, we need we need some way to get the inside info, and that's through Cameron Maven. We had McCutcheon last year. Now we have Cameron Maven. I love it. I, <laughs> I miss Kutch. He's, he was so too. great just to have he, around. He, like, posted a video a couple days ago about um, umpires and stuff like that, and um, actually, his funniest one was about pitching coaches when they cover their mouth when they go out. And he's like, why don't they just wear, like, masks? And then he wore, like, a Halloween mask. And he's like, okay, man, throw your fastball. Well, they're just trying just not to end right. up on a John Boy breakdown. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I know now they got to look out for that. Everything everything shows up. The hot mics, the, the lip reading. Yeah. John Boy gets everything. He does. And he's really good at it. And I think that's why oh, yeah. sometimes they're like, oh, seriously? Like, they caught that? How did they get that? <laughs> but no, he can, no. He can read lips okay. the best of them. What? I just got, I got really scared. I was looking back through the, uh, through the week report, scores. No, 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 no. I was looking back through the week scores, and I noticed over the Houston game on Toronto, the one that had the no-hitter, I just saw that it said no hitter above it. I for a second forgot that I was on September first, which is when the no hitter happened. I honestly, I thought they were throwing another no hitter. Oh boy, um, I got real scared. But as we were talking about earlier with Mike Ford, not only did Mike Ford hit a walk off, but DJ Lemayhew did the day before. Oh yeah, great oh, yeah. series that I completely missed. Weekend. But this, I mean, this. Weekend. This is my entire luck. Like I, I love Mike Ford. I'm having so much fun with him having the time of his life. I know his, his Yankees life won't be that long once everybody starts coming back and the rosters go down. I think it's impossible to have him on the playoff roster. So like his yeah. days are numbered. Right. And I just I'm just enjoying it so much watching him. And then of course I'm I'm disconnected from civilization when he hits a walk off home run. <laughs> Like I would have killed for that. I would. It I was. probably would have made a Guardy Party reaction video from Mike Ford. <laughs> I would have took a page out of your playbook. Oh no, that's that's my thing. You can't. I know. 
you know. Plus, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have the same charisma with it. They everyone would see it and then be like, "Geez, like look at this guy." Ugh, Unsubscribe. This guy. <laughs> you make these videos and you gain like a hundred followers. I'm gonna make them and I'm gonna like my followers are gonna go back down to like four hundred. <laughs> I mean, the whole the home run was a shot. I'm so sorry you missed it, but it was a shot. Uh, I watched. Right. I watched plenty of replays. He got all of that one, and then he like accidentally bat flipped. He like wasn't sure. He just like bat flipped and didn't even know it until after the game. He's like, "Oh, is that okay today? Is that fine?" I, I just there's. We were also talking about this in the uh, in the website chat the other day. Uh, I love watching guys just succeed, like the prospects, whether it's for the Yankees or for somebody else. Like we just sent. Um, Shoot, who was it that we sent to Kansas City? Oh, Ryan McBroom. Ryan McBroom, yeah. And he had his first hit. And I, I watched it, and I was like, this is great. Like, I'm really happy yeah. for this guy. I hope he hits yeah. 400 against everyone except the Yankees. <laughs> I know. But like Dustin Fowler. Yeah. I want to see Justice Sheffield pitch well, even though I was really glad we knocked him around pretty good. But, like, every other day, I want to see him really throw well. Yeah. There's a uh, JP Fireson just got traded to I think it was the Brewers maybe. They could really they could really use him. Oh my god. You don't say. Guess who's playing first base for the Milwaukee Brewers as we speak? Wait, stop. Wait, really? Guess who? Who? Tyler Austin. <gasps> Tyler. What are um, the odds that um, we're talking about a Yankee a Yankee player on the Brewers? And you see Tyler Austin just roll up. And Tyler the Brewers tied the game. Aw, oh, man. You know what I miss about Tyler Austin? Was it interacting with his mom on Twitter? Oh, no. I still do that. Um, she I was also, hysterical. And I did, I did bring up JP because I also interact with his mother on Twitter. So you got all the Yankees moms. I'm in the moms club. That's it. <laughs> I'm with the moms and the wags. I love talking to the wags, too. You know the wags? The wags and girlfriends? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I like talking to them as well. Um, but anyway, we're gonna no. have to, we'll have to get one on and be like, all right, so we'll have to hit up Tyler Austin's mom and just come on and be like, all right, so when you oh, saw God, Tyler know. Austin charging the mound against Joe Kelly, did you know that your son was going to beat the ever-living crap out of him? <laughs> um, Kim would definitely come on. I, I'm I would 100% for her. All right, we'll reach out to Kim. Um, but yeah, no, that's my favorite memory of Tyler Austin was, you know, I, I wanted to see him just pummel the Red Sox for years to come because... Oh, yeah. He was really good against the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah. Especially also, Chris Sale. Yeah, and he was terrifying. Yeah, I mean, Joe, Joe Kelly fell away. He was like, I don't want this. I don't want this smoke. I know I threw at you, but I don't want this smoke. And then and Brock Red Holtz, Sox like, fans all said, oh, this is Joe Kelly Fight Club. Like, their guy didn't duck out of the way. <laughs> and then, you it know, was the also whole like Brock a, Holt thing, too. Um, he, like... Yeah, that was that was the softest play. (laughs) Backed up. Yeah, that was that was what started the whole thing. Was that Tyler Austin had a hard slide into second? Like it wasn't a dirty slide at all. It was just a hard slide into second. And Brock Holt was like, "Yo, dude, I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna have someone throw at you now." Right, right. And then he seemed a little unnecessary. And then he smashed the bat. Like actually, that. Um, if any of you, because obviously you've seen all of the recent um, John Boy breakdowns. If any of you have not seen the one from Tyler Austin um, beating up on Joe Kelly, please go look it up. Um, that was one of the very first ones, and it was so funny. Like I might have to do that. I don't think I remember it. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> I mean, it's I not just like, lost like so many recordings of that fight. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like there was a bunch of lip reading, but it was more so like he was speaking for them. So like Tyler Austin like stared at the mound and he's like, "Am I mad?" And then he like slams the bat down. He was, "Yeah, I am mad." <laughs> <laughs> so that was a really good one. If you want to see some of the beginning breakdowns, you definitely have to go check that one out. Yeah, find the origin of John Boy. See what it was before the tighten this shit up. My guys are fucking savages in that box. Guys, if you didn't know John Boy before that, like, you're ridiculous. Yeah, what are you doing? Oh my gosh. He was so great. I mean, he still is. He's phenomenal. John Boy, I hope you're listening because we love you. Um, so, obviously, he's still great, but like, the previous ones that he used to do were still hilarious. They just didn't catch on quite like that one did. Oh, yeah. I remember when we had, uh, when we had Vivolo on. 
he said like yeah like i know you guys are just starting out it was like our sixth or seventh episode like we know you guys are just starting out but let me know if you want help getting guests or anything like i'll talk to to john boy and jake because he does a lot of content with them like at the live things i was like oh yeah first of all i absolutely want both of them on they're fantastic yeah and then i just didn't follow up on it in time and then they blew up and now i'm like "Uh, i don't know if i'm ready to go back yet (laughs) they're 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 a little above my pay grade now well, John Boy and Jake, we have nothing to offer you but our love and support, and that's all we can offer you, but you know what? Sometimes that's enough. Yeah, I mean, we're really positive people. I'm even I'm, coming around on Larry Rothschild. I used to be anti-Larry, and now I think he might be good. Wow. I, it's going to be a hot take, but like, I, it started, it was a, it was a progression. Where I started off like, I really hate Larry. Every pitcher who comes here just starts stinking it up. Sonny Gray was a disaster. And then the more I like look into it, which I guess this is, it's not a very insightful thing. The more you learn, the more you actually understand what's going on. So the more I learn about how it all works, the more I'm like, you know what? Larry might just be a good pitching coach, but it's just sometimes it doesn't work out with players. <laughs> sometimes they don't have it. And we yeah. don't know what goes on in those meetings. Now, we don't know if Larry's talking to Tanaka the entire season, which I, I think he was talking to Tanaka the entire season about his splitter. Being like, listen, the balls are different. We might have to change the grip. And Tanaka was just being stubborn about it. Like, this is how I've always thrown it. This is how I'm comfortable throwing it. And they changed the grip, and he starts throwing well. We don't know. I mean, that wasn't an immediate change. That was like all season, Larry being like, listen, I think if we change it, it's going to work. And then eventually it did. And say, like, Paxton, throw your knuckle curve. It's going to work. And it eventually did. I, I think Larry might just be a good pitching coach. Well, I guess we're going to have to uh, handle that hot take very carefully, but yes. Yeah, I, that's this is definitely not something I'm going to clip and put out on the internet. I'm just going to, for, for anybody who has listened to this, I'm trusting you. Don't do it. Or, you know what, instead of doing it, uh, rip my take in half in a five-star review. Oh, I see what you did there. That's clever. You know what? I might, I might do it now. I might just put it up and be like, if you rip my take on a five-star review, I'll give you a shout-out next time. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to end, because I don't know if we're getting ready to end, but I'm just watching Aaron Rodgers throw bombs. Oh, incomplete. Anyway, um, I wanted to end with an incredible stat. Just incredible I don't know how else to describe it. Another Katie Sharp stat? No, this one I actually found out on my own. This is a... Oh, look at that. (laughs) Yeah. This is an Allison Case stat. Doesn't sound... It doesn't have the same ring to it. All right, let's hit it. Whatever. Um, The Yankees have hit 72 home runs in the month of August. Um, Their next closest month this year was in June, and they hit 47. Wow. That is a huge jump. Yeah, I mean that's that's some good research right there. Gee, thanks, thanks so much. Um, but shocking, like obviously I knew they hit so many in August, but I didn't realize that their next closest month was forty-seven. Yeah, like that's I mean that's ridiculous. That's I what, wonder 25? I wonder how close we are to the twins. Yeah, uh, yeah that sounds like math. As we've established, I don't, I don't do math very well. I just did the math in my head, and I'm pretty sure it's well, 25. If I'm wrong, let me know, but I'm pretty sure I did that all by myself. If the, if the math is wrong, let Allison know in a five-star review. Yes, that was going to be my next one. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, 72 home runs, and the next closest is 47. That's just incredible. Because honestly, yeah, at the beginning saw... of August, I wasn't sure they were going to catch the Twins. I always saw Gary hit his 34th of the season. And just just 99 games it took him to break his own single-season record. But that guy doesn't know anything about baseball. Yeah, and Gleyber Torres, he's not a home run hitter. But he just hit his 34th. But, you know. Yeah, ridiculous. Cool, cool, cool. And then, of course, Brett Gardner. You know, he's got uh, he's got 20. I actually I put that in my post game the other day when, when Judge hit his 20th homer of the year. And it was just a nice little note there. I was like, Aaron Judge now ties known power hitter Brett Gardner with 20 home runs on the season. <sighs> Brett Gardner. You know, honestly, I, I feel like he was always talking about as, um, as a younger player, he was very 
you know, not focus on the power and things like that. But I think with the change in the baseball, he's just been making more of an effort to hit it deep because either he's going to hit fly balls or he's going to hit it out in the short porch. So you might as well just hit it out. Yeah. I love it. Oh, boy. This is going to be a great game to watch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to stay up until this Milwaukee-Chicago game's over. Heavy wild card implications. So we'll wrap it up here. Uh, I am heading into enemy territory this weekend. So if we never record another episode, it's not because I decided to quit. It's because Boston killed me. Or if we do record another episode with just me, would you really be that upset? I just want to know. No, you keep it rolling in my in my honor. Okay, in your memory, I will make sure. And everybody, everybody, leave a five star review of what your favorite James memory was. Yes, it's the least you can do. R.I.P. James, we we're gonna miss ya. <laughs> All right, we'll wrap it up there. We'll see everyone next week. All right, sounds good to me. Bye, everybody.